we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker here in an official heat warning in Arizona, which means this weekend it's 47 degrees. It's just getting telephone numbers now, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Talking, of course, uh, to our great leader, the marvelous Simone Roche on the Costa del Mersey. And I know the weather's not been great in the UK for the last week or so, but it's a big deal for you this week because where are you talking to me from? Well, I am, I'm a little, I'm a few feet away from the Costa this week. I am actually in the office. Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's a major step. So how long since you've spent a day working in the Northern Power Women office? Uh, four months. Wow. Yeah, Friday the 13th of March, I remember. So it's a long time. It's a big deal. And I think you talked about the weather, and I think the weather has been a a massive influencer. Um, I don't mind saying that Northern Power Man and I have hit a bit of a lull last week. Mm. And it's been so busy. We've been putting in for a, a funding bid with that's a whole other bottle of wine. And, you know, that's the first, <laughs> first, ever, first ever one we've ever put in. And um, that's that's a whole podcast issue in itself. But it was terrific and definitely not on my street. Bid writers out there, give us a shout. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think just being ensconced in the boat and not being able to get off, not even for our walks because the weather has been just awful. And I mm. think... We talked last week about you could definitely feel shoulders going down. And Saturday, uh, we'll have um, gin and tonic o'clock with the Sandra and the Barry, you know, San and Baz, my mum and uh, her husband. And um, we were talking and uh, like, where have you been? And they were like, oh, we done, you know, you know, they're very much sort of locked down uh, like ourselves. And mum says, oh, you're going to go back in the office. And I'm like, well, we're going to do it last week and then we're going to do it next week. And then and, and she sort of called me out on it. You know, we both supposed admitted to having a little bit of agoraphobia, the fear of going out, the FOGO. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know what, I can't let this beat me. And equally, you know, I said, the weather's not got any better. So I had a had a meeting at half past nine. Rob says, what time's your next meeting? And I went, 11. We literally picked, we lifted and shifted and relocated everything um, and just thought, you know what, we knew we'd walked it through in our head. Mm-hmm. We could go through the opening doors, automatic doors, up the stairs, automatic sanitizers everywhere. One door handle to open, which is our physical office, which we're the only ones to have a key to. And you know what, I've been here for four days now. I've not even been home. <laughs> <laughs> She's just sleeping under the under the desk as per. Back to I've business. Got my yoga mat. Yeah, I've got my yoga mat. It's all good. And more importantly, I've got my magnetic whiteboards. <laughs> You're back. You're back in the room again. How does it feel though, genuinely? I mean, you, as you said, you'd thought about, okay, what do I have to touch? What interactions do I have to have? And you'd, you'd planned it out and you'd gone through it all. Once you were actually physically back in that room, did it feel comfortable? Did it feel like your oh, space God. or did it feel alien? How did it feel? Uh, amazing and happy. 
Um, Because I think one of the things about, you know, this lockdown period is, you know, the the creating new fabulous Thai recipes has kind of been waned by more work Mm. and more back to back, wall to wall just working, not turning off. And I'm a terror for that anyway. But I know that when we took over this office in in the new year, the 2nd of January, I think it was, it was, I knew it gave me that break between home and work. And even though you still carry on and you still can keep on, and there's a break, there is a physical, I've got a desk. It's just things like working on a split screen, first world problem, Mm. Um, having, having, you know, sort of not having to pack up every night because you live in a, a makeshift off you know because we don't yeah, have to of live on a boat yeah. you know so just all of that and and actually the visibility of planning that you I can put I love stuff on walls and the first thing I did when I, I walked into the office last week all of our shortlisted nominees and I'd already started thinking about our nominees because they're, they're the longest ring shortlist uh, ever you know our fabulous awards and I look at them all and I'm like you know right we reached out a few weeks ago right we need to talk again we need to celebrate about these fabulous people again yeah um so you know so it, again it's for me it's it's motivating it's brilliant it, it you know and so not as scared as I thought and I absolutely thought we will not get covid if we stay locked down if we stay where we are we won't get it and me and rob will be protected the end but then there is an element that i think you've got to think of your own self-care and your own sort of trying to create some boundaries Uh, i'm in the office now and uh, the sign on the wall says will it be easy nope worth it absolutely and i think that has defined my transition and of course things may change again local lockdowns and stuff but I feel like I've taken a massive step and I think it's good for me I think it's good for the business I think it's good for Mr Northern Power Man as well so yeah back in the office (laughs) there you go the first steps and of course we found out towards the end of last week that things like uh, gyms and uh, beauty salons and pools can now all reopen from today And I think a lot of people are desperate to get back to that sense of normality and also that sense of self-care, as you said. I mean, you are taking brilliant precautions and I think the worry is that some people will not be. And I think that's the concern for a lot of people I know you've talked to about getting back into the workspace is having to do things like get on public transport. If you live in major cities and you don't have a, a car or it's not feasible to drive a car, then obviously you have to use public transport. And I think where that's you know that's where there's a lot of fear really interesting here in Arizona Simone which you may or may not know is now the number one COVID hotspot in the world we've got a higher rate of infection than some countries entire countries it's horrific actually and it's it's something that I find quite frightening that it's grown beyond anything anyone could have really imagined but there was a major bank here one of the major American banks who actually released a really interesting infographic where they plotted on a graph credit card receipts from restaurants and bars and they plotted them against confirmed COVID cases. And as you can imagine, a direct correlation, a direct correlation. So I think a lot of voices were trying to suggest that maybe the Black Lives Matter protests were going to cause a huge surge in corona cases. That's shown not to be true. What has been shown is that people going to restaurants and bars 
you know, that's not the only place they're picking them up. And in fact, I watched a news report here last night where there were some members of the government getting really angry, local government getting angry, saying, why won't they release the figures of where people are catching COVID? And they turned around and went, because now it's everywhere. And that's and that's yeah. scary, isn't it? But it's a case of yeah, you you know, to take those baby steps and to make sure you're you're safe and make sure you're not spreading it to other people, which is what you've done. And you know what? We're we're not. We've still not ten days on gone into restaurant or bars. And as much as I am a massive advocate of the hospitality tourism, Sorry, yeah. you mm. know, industry, you know, massive, you know, advocate. And even with uh, Rishi Sunak last week with his uh, Rishi with his ba- a bag of magic tricks, uh, he came in with the a bit like the Boots meal deal kind of uh, approach, whereby every household in the UK in August Monday two Wednesdays get 50% off their food which is it is you know mm. it's amazing and I, and I can see what's trying to do but I'm just wondering I'm wondering will we get that far uh, I'm wondering if um, I think there's been a um, Hillingdon and I think three pubs from the first weekend reported you know someone had a COVID um, symptom so uh, I don't know whether we'll get that far so we're not we're not ready for that yet I think mm. this was definitely a step into I think there was a it was a it was a kind of work life balance piece I think and equally we can walk here we don't have to have a car we can walk yeah. here it's a thirteen minute walk and and stuff like that so I think you've all got to make your own risk assessments and I think we have talked about restaurants there's absolutely ones that we want to go to desperate to go to Mowgli you know we all we love Nisha Katona and want to go to Mowgli restaurant but we'll go to the one that's bigger and I know that she's been out there talking about the precautions that they're taking but it's as you say Sam it's the other people that are attending that haven't yeah. taken the precautions so it's it's a it's an interesting one are your restaurants closed again now then Sam have you gone into another lockdown so bars are closed some restaurants are open dining rooms some dining rooms are open it's quite complicated it's based on the liquor license so basically any establishment that earns more than 40% of its revenue from alcohol they are shut so if it's a bar that serves a few snacks well forget it they're shut if it's a restaurant that serves wine well yeah depending on the margins they may be open they may not be depending on the price of the food they serve so it's quite complicated but a lot of the restaurants that I've been seeing on the news are actually shutting down voluntarily and saying Do you know we need to keep our staff safe because Covid is so rampant here we need to keep our staff safe but also our customers so they've gone back into curbside delivery and takeaway now so mm. They are still open and functioning, but they're saying, please don't come in because we're, we're not going to do that. So it's it's a it's a big old hot mess. I want to talk to you about Rishi Sunak, actually, because you put out on Twitter the other day at North Power Women. Really interesting question where you said, what would you like to hear the Chancellor say about women? You know, what's what measures is he going to introduce with women in mind? And Northern Power Women and Men got in touch with some really, really brilliant suggestions. It was brilliant actually because I was um, I was on uh, BBC News uh, last week. Um, I, I know, uh, and it was all it was in advance of the statement, you know. Mm. So I thought, well, actually, I don't want to go and you know talk about just what I would think. I want to ask and engage with the the population of our Northern Power Women uh, communities. So it's really quite clear actually. There was I've got pages and pages, but seat at the table. 
You know, it's yeah. okay to be making these decisions, but one, are you communicating them in a way that everyone can understand, whether it be women, whether it be our young people, we need to make it clear. Social care, whether it's around childcare and PS, childcare is not a luxury. Um, mm. Both partners working is absolutely part of the, the infrastructure that we, we have as part of the economy. So absolutely, that was big. Equally caring for our parents, neighbours, relatives, falls so often statistically and evidently falls to the women yeah so homeschooling looking after relatives looking after family and also trying to either run a business or hold down a a position it's really challenging Uh, young people the young people are massive worry you know you look at the employability unemployment is going to go through the roof so a massive worry green recovery can we make sure that you know how can we make sure that we ensure an inclusive and a green recovery and also can we make sure that female entrepreneurs can get through this total mire of access to funding and whether it be funding through the 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 c bills and the b bills and all those things there's another podcast that had been typically not always been successful by women or whether it's investment you know we need a level playing field and equally we want a regional recovery approach um so do we go back to the old regional development agencies i could literally go on and on self-employed the forgotten people who have not got that access to any funding at all those company directors that are getting nothing the unfair treatment of women on maternity leave It's just endless, uh, Sam. There were just pages and pages. So, you know, we are not a quiet community. So we we can't let this go. And even though I I, I got on the BBC and to be honest, uh, we ended up talking about future talent, which obviously is massively important. So we're now taking this information and we're we're putting this into a blog. So if you have got any more uh, that you'd like to feed into what women want or actually from a future's perspective, what you know, our young people want, then please do get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. 100%, definitely. Do you know what? I think this is time now, the perfect time to say we'd like some life lessons, please, on the podcast. And a woman today who, do you know, I could listen to all day long because she's an extraordinary woman. She has stood up and beaten against the odds, literally so many different barriers in her life and refused to conform to what a girl and then a woman should act like. She's awesome. If anyone can fight us through this pandemic and COVID-19, it is Commonwealth champion, pave the way, legend Stacey Copeland. My name is Stacey Copeland and I'm a professional boxer. I also founded the Pave the Way charity, which seeks to address gender inequality for both genders. And I'm a radio presenter and public speaker. So I do a few different things. And question one, when have I faced imposter syndrome and what did I do about it? I faced it the very first time I spoke at a women in business event. I'd never spoken to businesses before. It was schools and community groups. And when I walked in and there was all these sort of really super duper business women, um, I thought, what am I doing here in my tracksuit to talk about sport? Um, And what I did about it was I was just authentic and honest and told my story. And it was just amazing, the response. And it reminded me that actually we do different jobs. 
you know, we have different incomes and status and whatever else. But, you know, essentially um, we want equality and we want the best opportunities for our kids, for ourselves and the people around us. And that really helped me. And now I know that there's a real value in anybody sharing their story and somebody like me going to speak to businesses. Because although I have a very different experience, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of parallels and ways that we can work together to do good and bring about positive change. So it was really a positive outcome in the end. Second, tell us about a time you've had to be resilient. Well, I've had 12 broken bones and eight surgeries through sport. So I've had a lot of injuries that I've had to be resilient from, particularly when I had a routine surgery four years ago and I woke up with a chemical burn from a mistake in the surgery. And that was particularly hard to take because I missed the World and European Championships. And it took a lot of resilience to come back, um, turn professional and make my debut as a professional boxer. But in sport, resilience is, is one of the crucial things that you have to learn how to cope with and how to develop like you work your muscles to make them stronger you have to develop your resilience so you know losing not getting certain opportunities like I couldn't go to the Olympics because they didn't have you know that weight category in my sport of boxing for women lots and lots of examples um, where you know I've had to be resilient and it's a, a great lesson in sport that can apply to every other area of your life thankfully number three when have you taken a risk and what happened? Going to Zimbabwe to fight for the Commonwealth title was definitely a risk. because We didn't really know much about the place. You know, obviously I'd never been before. It was for a title fight. It was nobody from Britain had boxed in Zimbabwe, male or female, for 36 years at that point. Um, so it was a big risk for a lot of reasons. Plus, I'm doing a risky sport against a very tough opponent in her backyard, so to speak. So it was, um, yeah, there was a lot on the line. Uh, and what happened was... I won the title and became the first British woman to win the Commonwealth uh, Championship. So that was a real, um, you know, again, a massive positive. Number four, what difference did having a mentor make to you? I've had many mentors in sport. You know, my coaches and teammates have been some of the most fantastic mentors you could ever wish for. And that's, you know, backroom staff as well. You know, the whole team behind the team. But met some incredible people and had some unbelievable mentors. But also at BBC Radio Manchester and then in my life and my family and friends I've had some incredible mentors who've helped me along and the difference it's made is impossible really to put into words having somebody believe in you and give you confidence and sort of be that you know wind beneath your wings type of thing is you know it, it's often said but it is actually a massive massive thing and having a mentor has, has, has given me opportunities that I may not have seen may not have taken and certainly wouldn't uh, be doing what I'm doing now without them so they've been hugely important to me and number five tell us about an important role model in your life there are too many to single one out but what I will say I do have people I look up to in, in sport and other areas of life who I admire for what they've achieved but the true role models for me are people that I actually know family and friends who they might not be famous they might not have won an olympic medal or you know run a country but what they do is live with dignity work ethic and real purpose and values day after day and i know their flaws i know their struggles but ultimately i know the good people who do good things for others and, and make a positive difference and they're the people in my life who I actually know who make a real difference you know and, and do just great things every day on a small or big scale so they are my uh, real role models 
So now I've got to go and watch Beaches after that wind beneath my wings <laughs> comments. Is this too amazing? If it, That's terrific. We've got one badass, Stacey Copeland, channeling another badass, Bette Midler. This is all we need. <laughs> oh my God, that's my dream date. That is my dream dinner party right there, isn't it? Are you coming, Sam? You've got to come to that one. I'm absolutely brilliant. there. I'm absolutely there. Brilliant stuff. We would love to hear from you as well. If you would like to send us your life lessons, just send us an email, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Tweet us at North Power Women. Get in touch on Instagram or on LinkedIn. If you just search for Northern Power Women on both those platforms, you'll find us. Just say, hey, I'd love to share my life lessons. We'll do the rest. It's dead easy for you to do. And of course, if you'd like to nominate somebody else, amplify their voice. We would always be really, really keen to hear from people who perhaps don't normally have a platform. That's what we're here for. So do get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Let us know who you think should be sending us a life lesson. And again, we will do the rest. Love, love, love to hear from you. Now, we should point out, Simone, that this podcast is released, of course, on a Monday, Monday, July the 13th. But we do record it a couple of days before. So we are actually recording it before the British Podcast Awards. And Northern Power Women Podcast, our little podcast, is actually nominated with all the big kids in the best business podcast section of the British Podcast Awards. And it's it's frankly ridiculous the sort of competition we have, isn't it? We're at the we're at the big big kids table now. Oh, we so are. I think I've got a booster seat, I think. <laughs> it's such a big table. And it's, you know what? They sent a, a virtual goodie bag out, a goodie pack out. And so there are confetti cannons, there's hats, there's bunting and the chocolate. I hope the chocolate's still there. And so, yes, so we, we will. In fact, if you check out my very first Instagram video story I did last week, just before I accidentally went live, but that's a whole other incompetent <laughs> competency on my behalf. So what we'd like to do is go oh thank you so much for everyone who made this possible we are and then we can either say put in here delighted to have won or but you know what we were just thrilled <laughs> to be nominated <laughs> we're nominated a long time the ta- alongside the times alongside the economist alongside jazz fm and some other amazing amazing podcasts as well so yeah just thank you so much for listening the fact we're even on there is completely extraordinary and yeah delete is a pickable yeah we got bronze, <laughs> silver or gold, whichever one. Or, ah, oh, well, do you know what? To even have a seat at that table, we're grateful and thankful for that. Curses, curses, curses. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have our best We're gonna have our best Zoom faces on, aren't we? <laughs> I'm terrified for that. They're doing like an Oscars style, uh, you know, putting all your faces up on the screen. Now, you, you're going to be representing, of course, the Northern Power Women podcast, so I can grimace in Arizona to my heart's content. But then my podcast, amazingly, Sam Walker's Desert Diaries is also nominated so I'm going to number one have to make sure I'm not in my swimming costume as I as, am <laughs> as I am 90% of the time at the moment and number two not burst into tears if I win or don't win because I'm just a good old crier as you know so uh, we'll, we'll see it's the worst time for a, a virtual awards when we're also kind of emotionally drained a little bit knackered <laughs> and a little bit giddy all at the same time so and also they put chocolates in this pack and it's eight o'clock on a Saturday evening so I think there might have been some vino as well so anyway but thanks everyone thanks for keeping the conversation going we've we've loved talking to you each week so uh thank you and toes crossed 
100%. Simone, we shall catch up next week, of course. The next episode of the Northern Power Women podcast will be coming your way on Monday, July the 20th. Until then, thank you so, so much for listening. I'm Sam Walker, and the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. 